Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Undivided episode number 19, The Suicide Epidemic. A reminder that this show and all the shows on Life Coach Radio Network are brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, and a host of periodicals and other recordings. And for everything live or spoken audio, that's Audible.com. And welcome in to Undivided here on a Wednesday, April the 4th. We are live at 7 o'clock here in the East. I'm your host, Frank Chambaduri, and as the wind rumbles through my house and around the homes and the neighborhoods here in New Jersey, I'm glad to be with you, sustaining a lot of storms here today. Happy to be up and to be along with you, and thank you so much for listening in tonight as we will talk about the suicide epidemic. And first, I just wanted to uh, share on a personal level uh, I don't normally do this, but I wanted to dedicate the show tonight in honor of my grandfather who passed away a year ago today, and also to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who I've talked about often on this show, as the show is undivided and we try and break down barriers between people who was assassinated 50 years ago today. I dedicate this show to those two men who, who believe that life was precious and life was beautiful. And we also start with our disclaimer, as we have the last several episodes. The views in tonight's show are not the views of the network, may not necessarily be the views of myself or my guest, but nevertheless, I have to share that disclaimer with you. So we open tonight a very difficult topic, but one that is very relevant and certainly has unfortunately touched so many lives is the suicide epidemic. And I'm so happy tonight to have Paul Garwood along with me. I'm going to get Paul up in a couple minutes here to talk about this, to share his experience in this area, because I'm certainly not able to, able to speak to it on my own. There's a certain stigma. There's a certain lack of empathy. There's a certain judgmental type of view that people take when talking about suicide, and we're going to tackle some of those barriers and some of those social constructs here tonight on our show. In the United States, uh, suicide is responsible for 13.4 out of every 100,000 deaths. Men are three and a half more times uh, prevalent than women or more likely than women to commit suicide. White males are 7 out of 10 of those suicides in the year 2016. Depression, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, and drug abuse are the three top areas as far as causality. Firearms are the cause in 51% of those suicides. Schizophrenia and other personality disorders have been linked to the prevalence of suicide. And it's not only as I talked about in the episode, and I've talked to some people in the, in the week leading up to the episode, it's not just a problem in the U.S., it's a worldwide, it's an international issue. In the United Kingdom this week, I don't know if anyone saw it, there's a Project 84, there's 84 men a week die of suicide. It's the biggest killer of men, 45 years old and younger. Three out of every suicide, three out of every four suicides in the United Kingdom are men. So they put 84 life-size statues on top of the ITV building to draw attention to the issue. Over 800,000 people die from suicide each year in the United States. It's the second leading cause of death in the 15 to 29-year-old age demographic group. It's part of recognizing the warning signs and taking them seriously as far as prevention is concerned, and we're going to talk about that. 123 suicides per day on average. It's the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. at 44,965 deaths a year, and it costs the United States 
$69 billion annual. That's billion dollars annually. So tonight, Paul Garwood will join us. I'm going to get Paul up now in a second. Paul is a board member and vice president of Destination Achievers, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that does youth mentoring and academic programs, works with at-risk youth, has at-risk youth programs, job retention and job skills training in the Maryland, D.C., and Michigan areas. Their goal is to provide educational, employment, and entrepreneurial goals and strategies for people. He also has a presentation that he's gone around and developed for children and youth at risk. Paul's a professional coach, a speaker and district leader with Toastmasters, a youth minister. He was a youth minister. He is a coach and also the host of Push Through, which is an ongoing series here on the Life Coach Radio Networks. Paul Garwood, welcome to Undivided. How you doing, Frank? And it's truly a pleasure to be here. Um, I want to tell you that we have something in common. You know, you said that your your father passed away a year ago today. Well, my mother passed away a year ago yesterday, April 3rd. So oh, we both wow. are right. Yeah, when you said yeah. that, that really that really hit home. And and I have a and I'm going to talk about my mom and something that um, we went through in regards to to suicide when I was a young boy. But it just um, it made me think of it. But it's truly a pleasure to be here to talk to you about this subject, and I look forward to um, speaking and answering any questions that. Um, you may have or any of the callers may have. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And uh, I know I laid out a, a number of statistics. There's so many as you go yes. through, and it's sadly there's so many, right? And, and as you go through, like, the National Institute of Mental Health, and they talk about how men are more likely to carry it out, but women are more likely to attempt it. And then I thought this was interesting, too, because we talked about so many different problems being uh, racially uh, prevalent as far as demographics go. And in this situation, you know, white Americans have so, are so much more prevalent, especially white men are so much more prevalent to have this happen. African-Americans have the second lowest rate overall. However, African-American children over the age of 12 have a higher rate of suicide than white children in the same demographic. And there's been a significant yes. rise in the rate age 10 to 14. That's from the National Institutes of Mental Health and the NIH. So I want to, yes. to maybe speak to that uh, well, first as we identify the divide here. Okay, well, when it comes to the children, okay, one of the major causes of, especially with African-American children, is, is bullying, you know, bullying. Uh, being bullied, okay. This is this is um, ongoing. You know the violence in schools. You know children being bullied to the point to where they don't feel like they 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 want to go to school. They don't feel like that. They have nowhere to turn. You know they don't know how to handle it. The faculty members don't know how to handle it, and it's driving these children, you know, to the point of of having hopelessness and driving these children to the point of suicide, okay? Because when you're being bullied in school, you know, that is a traumatic experience, all right? And so even at a young age, these children are suffering from post-traumatic um, stress syndrome. And many people don't realize that, but this is what it's abuse, you know, and this is what being bullied causes. And when you're dealing with a young age, you know, 14 and younger, you know, they're not of the strongest um, um, mental, you know, they, they're not at their peak from being mentally strong, so they cave into it. So then when you look at the Internet and social media where you're having discussions about this and you're having people say, well, you can't take it. Why don't you kill yourself for it? You know, and, and it's being glorified and this causes it um, some of the students to go through with it. So that's one of the major, major reasons. So sad, too, because to me, 
you know, starting this off, uh, I was going to ask you, what's the most important aspect of, of suicide for the audience to know and the big question of why? And I think they kind of now tie together. Uh, so what do you think is the most important aspect and, and, and what is the big question of why? Like, why is suicide becoming that epidemic? Well, one of the most important aspects with suicide is that it's not a selfish act. You know, many people, I've heard people talk about it, oh, that was just selfish. No, it's a, mm-hmm. what it is, it's a desperate act, okay? It's a, I'm going to give you an example. Um, my mother, when I was, I was seven years old, eight years old, my sister was six. When my mother was diagnosed at the age of 25 with cancer of the lymph nodes, Hodgkin's disease, she went through several operations, intense pain, um, chemotherapy, radiation, cobalt treatments. And she had come home, and um, my, my grandmother and myself, we were we went out, and we were finna go to the grocery store. And my grandmother said, no, I told my grandmother, we need to go home because we had rolled past the house. She said, you really think so? Yes. Yeah. So when we went in, my mother was foaming at the mouth, had taken a bunch of pills. My sister was by the bed crying, okay? Went in. We called 911. All right, they got her. Um, she had to go to a, a institution and where, you know, you can actually see them outside eating. But what she did was not a selfish act. You know, the pain that she was going through, because of these surgeries, the the mental, the emotional pain she was going through from having two kids and and being diagnosed with cancer at 25, and they telling her that she her life expectancy would be a year, two years. Well, it was too much for her. So it was a desperate act. It wasn't a selfish act. So that's one of the things, key things that has to be driven. End when it comes to suicide, that is not a selfish act; it's a desperate act. That's that's the first part. For your second question, I think that the reason why suicide is becoming an epidemic today is people are hurting. Okay, you know, with you know, when you have the the different mental illnesses that's out there. Um, the traumatic experience, the physical abuse, the sexual abuse, you know, things that are being buried, me, you know, with the Me Too situation, things that was being buried inside of them for years, it's time to be brought back out. You know, then we have the drug addiction and substance abuse, even eating disorders, um, high unemployment, um, more than at any other time in the history of mankind, people are isolated. You know, people don't have a lot of friends. You know, they because of social media, they stay in the house, they text, they're on the phone, they're on the computer um, more than any other time because of the economic situation in, in, in the world, their relationship problems. You know, people don't have hope. More than any other time, there's not a connection with God. You know, people don't have a spiritual life. You know, they don't have a connection with the Creator. Um, this many, these are just some of the reasons throughout the the entire world, from an international standpoint, that suicide is starting to peak and it has risen like never before in the last 20 years. Very true, very true, and, and a number of different topics that I hope that um, and pieces of this topic that I hope touch on throughout the course of our time together. Uh, yes, thank you for hitting on those. Because you're right, there's there's this pervasive hopelessness that's kind of set in, and I think that's driving a lot of of people to uh, feel like they have no other choice. And yes, it's very sad. It's very the sad. Day, it's very sad that, you know, that things get better and, and you tend to, you know, I talked to somebody who had attempted it and he had said that to me too. He said, you know, when you're in that mode, you're not thinking about anything else. Like you can't 
feel you're just, you're so hurt, you're so broken that you don't even know what you're doing. Yes. And amazingly, we're at, amazingly, we're at 7.15. It goes by quick. Uh, quick uh, break here for some promotions. I'll let uh, Paul catch his breath for a second here. Uh, Kimberly Frazier's show, Enjoying Life on Purpose, Thursday, April 5th. At 7 p.m., that's Kimberly Frazier. She had a big debut show a couple weeks ago. Uh, went really well, so you can check that out, too. Her second episode of Enjoying Life on Purpose, which is the name of the show, is Thursday, April the 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Life Coach Chat Channel. Catholic Charities, 1-800-919-9338. Give from your heart. 1-800-919-9338. www.salvationarmyus.com. www.salvationarmyus.org Enter your zip code to give in your local community. And we're back here on Undivided Number Episode Number 19, excuse me The Suicide Epidemic It is 716 here on the East Coast Paul Garwood along with me is my special guest co-host this evening We're glad to have him So Paul, you know, as we talked about before we went to the break Thank you for sharing that about your mother and about your own personal experiences and some of the, the big question of why, you know, it, and some of those answers is like an onion that we're pulling back. Yes. How can we identify the risk factors, especially those with, with medical conditions and other issues? As you mentioned that, you know, cancer diagnosis doubles the risk of suicide. Yes. How can we identify those factors? Well, uh, what needs to happen is whenever you have these these life-altering situations, whether it's the, the loss of a job, whether it's the, the, the breakup of a relationship, whether it's the death of a loved one, um, whether it's, you know, divorce, um, a, a terminal illness or any kind of illness at all, you have to realize that there, there are risk, risk factors uh, that comes along with this. So you have to look at the, the signs, all right? You know, people tend to, to give signs that something is wrong, all right? And people have to take these signs seriously. You know, it could be a withdrawal from normal activities. It's, it could be wanting to sleep a lot or not sleeping at all. It could be um, having trouble at work, you know, having trouble eating. You know, you have to, when you notice these factors, you can't let them just play you off. You know, oh, I'm all right. You know, everything good? Oh, I'm all right. Everything's fine. When you know for a fact that it's not, all right? So then once you take them serious, then you can start to, um, nudge them or push them toward seeking some help, or you becoming a confidant to them yourself, you know, so that they won't feel alone. Because a lot of times they just need somebody to talk to, right? So that's one of the, you know, one of the the reasons is to identify when a person is making subtle changes with their personality with themselves. It's very important and very important to listen from from what I've been told by different healthcare professionals. It's very important that they feel that there's there's someone that can listen. Um, so those are very good points. And to actually do something with those signs if someone is act, acting differently. Why do you think yeah, so many you, young people you, are affected, Paul? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, and then I'll ask you. Oh a question. no, see, oh yeah, you have to see what you have to do is a lot of times people withdraw. It's, it's a crowd for help, okay? You know, when mm-hmm. you can have a person that's normally upbeat, all right, and then, you know, they just they just shut down, all right? And, you know, once they shut down, you know, a lot of people tend to say, well, give them space. Well, you can give them space for a little while, all right, but only because everybody needs a moment, okay? But, you have to realize that it's a cry for help and be willing to help them, okay? And that's the key. You know, tomorrow you have to be willing to help them. You have to have a, 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 a empathy or, or a sympathy for them, 
all right, and then, you know, don't let it, don't just ask, call them and ask them how they're doing a couple of times and then forget about them, all right, because this is what happens a lot, especially, you know, how it is with death, you know, on the death of a loved one, you know, everybody's around for the first week, Okay, and then mm-hmm. after it's all after it's all over, then this person is really left by themselves to deal with this this grief. All right, you know you have to be able to be willing to help them. Well, that's a big commitment and one that's critically important um, here at seven twenty undivided show at gmail dot com. If you want to email in questions, it's undivided s h o w at gmail dot com. I checked the email account several times during the course of the show. Audible.com is our sponsor, and in about 10 minutes, I'll open the phone lines, 646-716-9397. As we roll along here, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention talked about that, what you had said. They said that empathy is a big part of this. There's an empathy needs to start taking place rather than an insensitivity when it comes to Suicide, and I think that's that's a big component of this. I think people could be very insensitive. Why are so many young people affected? Is it the connectedness to social media that you mentioned before that I had in my notes? Is it drug abuse or alcohol abuse? Is it bullying? Is it a combination of those things? Well, I think with young people, it's a combination of what's going on in school with, with, with bullies, like I said earlier, and then we have the opiate epidemic, okay? Now, there's a, the, the, the rise in, in teenagers that's on this, um, this, these painkillers, these opiates is, is tremendous. You know, that's, and also we have an issue with, and this, and this goes very deep. All right. This this is in, and with me being in also in the medical field and 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 working um, in the medical field, this this is real deep. So I want right. your listeners to, to listen to this. Okay. Children at a young age are put on medication. Okay, for um, being hyperactive, attention deficit disorder, many different things. Okay. So while they're still young. They're compliant to taking that medication because their parents are giving it to them. When they get into their teen years, 16, 17 years old, there's a low compliance of taking that medication. The, the wow. compliance, their compliance drops. Okay. Okay, so that's then, a big point. That's yes, yes, and it's and it's a it's a big point and it's a very valid point. And when this compliance to that medication drops, then here comes the running thoughts. You know, here comes the, you know, the bipolar disorder. Here comes the, the attention deficit disorder. You know, then if they're trying to go to school, then they stop having success in school, all right? So then you're looking at not graduating. Then you're looking at not passing tests, not being able to get in college, maybe not getting a job, being ridiculed, being, you know, all of these things, it's like a, a roller coaster because it because of this low compliance of of taking that medication, and this is how what can, I think is the. Yeah, go ahead. Again? How can we improve that? How can we improve compliance rates, and or what can we do to to shift the narrative here? This has to be done from from home. Okay, huh? it, it has to be has to be done from school, all right? You know, it has to, the educators have to realize it. You have to get these these children, and it's hard. It's very hard because mm-hmm. you can't make, you know, once they get 16 years old, 15, 16, 16 you can't make them do anything, okay? Right. The only thing you can do is through counseling, through many of the grassroots community organizations where you can get where they can go somewhere and be able to talk to someone and where they need to go in and have classes for them to let them know the importance of taking the medication. But see the scary part is is that when you are low compliance with your medication and, and you're not being yourself the chemical disorders taking place, um you're you just 
you're manic, you know, you're just doing things you don't normally do, you don't realize it yourself. You don't think nothing is wrong. So people can tell you that something is wrong, and you're not going to believe them until you come out of it. And then look back right. and be like, so it's a it's a catch twenty two, okay. So I think one of the one of the things that has to be done is at the younger age is finding other things to do to keep them. Don't let that just be the go to to let them just put them on that medication. You know, right. We talk about the over medication and the overly medicated. Uh, society that we have, and yeah. this is part of it. This is a really good point. It's, it's part of that whole trend that I have a, there has to be a, a difference. I have a young son, and he was having some problems hyper in school, and they wanted they wanted uh, he's in he's in fourth grade going to fifth grade now, and they wanted him to be on medication, and and my wife and I, you know. You know, she works in the pediatrician office. We thought about it. We was we was close to doing it. But what we did, we did research and we went from the the holistic. We went and got supplements and vitamins and vitamin C, and and we worked him through it. So, but we didn't just put him on medication. And I think this is where the education has to be with parents at a younger age: is that they don't just have to automatically put them on. The, the altering drugs, all right, because unless, you know, once they start on, it's hard to wean them off. Yeah, the holistic approach, that's a great point. You see so many of that uh, cancer and other autoimmune diseases being fought with organics and uh, natural, holistic, uh, herbal-type remedies. That's a really yes. good point. There's, there's definitely a place for that within uh, this conversation, um, the yeah. misconception that exists of suicide being a selfish act. You and I both have strong feelings about that. That's part of the yes. segment that we look at called the divide. How do we change that perception? I know it's a big well, we, question. How do we change it? Well, we have to change it with the people that's saying it because the person that's saying it is not the person that committed suicide. It's the person that's that's grieving from the suicide. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have to reach to them because everybody grieves differently. Okay, and a lot of times when they when they when they sit there and they, they just they just in despair, you know, and they don't, you know, a lot of times there's no answers, you know, uh, there's not a note left, you know, tomorrow, and you just, you know, what could I have done? I mean, you just, you know, you know, flustered. All right, so the first thing they want to say is, you know, that was just selfish for them to do that and then leave me here to feel like this, okay? Well, the first thing, the first thing you have, you know, you have to get with them and let them know that it it wasn't your fault. That's that's number one, okay? And then you have to get them and let them know that they're going to go through all of these different Emotional experiences, you know, shock, guilt, anger, you know, blame, um, depression. They might even think of suicide themselves. You know, this is why you see so many people, it's it's a suicide here, there's a suicide from a close person uh, a little bit shortly afterward. But the key thing is is for them, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, 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 go ahead. Yep. The key thing is to get them some support, okay, because, you know, when you lose a loved one to suicide, you need support as soon as possible, okay? Support, counseling, and and to where you can get a, a better understanding that, you know, this was a, this wasn't a selfish act. It was, it was a, it was an act of desperation that basically you had no control over, Exactly, and that's a, that, when you go through the, the rates of suicide and then the causality of it, one of the big causes is what you touched on. It's like it's either witnessing that history of family history of mental illness or family history of suicide. So if you have a loved one that committed suicide, 
you're you could definitely take that same path because yes. of grief and being left in that wake and thinking that the person kind of left you and left you there in that situation. Right. Uh, it is 7.30 on the nose here on the East Coast. Undivided will be back in a moment where we start midpoint of the show break here on episode number 19. Thank you for listening and for being along with us. And a segue to the show promotions, what a segue. Paul Garwood's new show, Push Through. New episode comes your way Sunday, April the 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern on Life Coach chat channel. That's Paul Garwood, who's here tonight. Push through Sunday, April the 8th. We're going to talk to Paul at the top of the hour about that episode and some upcoming things he has going on. Tammy Banfield show, Kick Glass. Remember, Tammy came on this show. That's Kick Glass, G-L-A-S-S. New episode comes your way Wednesday, April the 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's Wednesday, April 11th. It's one week from today, 1 p.m. Eastern time on Life Coach Chat Channel. And a spot I do every show, as my listeners know who listen, a spot I do every show that's really, really important and takes on a lot of added significance tonight, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you have anything running through your mind, if you have thoughts you can't escape from, if you or someone you love is struggling to get around something that happened in their life, and you're concerned about them or your own well-being, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. You matter, and there are people there that will listen. Please call if you have any doubt in your head that you have things that you just can't get around. Please call the number, 800-273-8255. www.samaritanspurse.org www.salvationarmyus.org and Food for the Poor 800-427-9104 or www.foodforthepoor.org and we're back on Undivided. I'm going to open the phone lines now 646-716-9397 for a question for Paul or myself or a comment or to share a story or anecdote, Undivided Show. That's undivided, S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Audible.com is our sponsor, and we are back. So now we enter the segment of the show, Paul, called Bridging the Divide. How are we going to bridge the divide, or how do we bridge the divide between this social stigma or societal stigma to eliminate that that those who actually need the help can get it? I know it's it's a big question, but how, how do you think we can tackle this divide and, and deal with this well, so that people can get help? Well, the first, well, one of the first things I always suggest is that, you know, if you're, you know, kind of like what you just said, if you're having these these issues, if you're having these um, suicidal thoughts, you know, try to have a spiritual connection, uh, you know, with the higher source, you know, I always say that because there's many different religions, but try to have a spiritual connection, you know, prayer and meditation. Um, the other things that I try to get them to um, do is don't be afraid to seek help. You know, you don't have to be alone, you know, seek help through a doctor or counselor, or a psychiatrist, um, there for some, and there's medications to help this, um, you know, do you have just like what you just said? You know, be be able to utilize um, you know crisis services and peer support. But one of the things that I've noticed that um, people that start to have suicidal thoughts is uh, their their self esteem. You know, suicide and low self esteem tends to go hand in hand. Okay, and you know, we have people out here that just don't value themselves, okay? And they feel hopeless, they feel helpless, and they feel like they don't have nothing to offer to the world or to anybody, you know? And if anybody's listening, you know, when we want to talk about that bridge is stop trying to be perfect, you know, you are an imperfect human being, but you are you are loved by by the Lord. You are 
you know, you are a great human being. No one is perfect. You know, I, I try to tell them that, you know, you have to handle your failures and your mistakes in a positive way. And what I mean by that is, you know, you everybody that walks this earth is going to make mistakes, all right? You know, learn from your mistakes, all right? Don't let your mistakes drive you into a, a state of depression to where, you know, you just, you know, give up hope. The other one that I tell them is, you know, you have to become your own best friend, okay? You know, you don't don't let your happiness be dependent upon what somebody else says or what somebody else does. You know, become your become your your own best friend. Become your your champion. All right, and this is very important. Be around positive people because I've known people that has committed suicide or wanted to because they're always around people that's putting them down. They're always around negative people that doesn't have nothing but negative things to say. If you are uh, a depressed person and all you're around is negativity, you know, that can drive you past the point of no return. You understand what I'm saying, Frank? Right, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to be around uplifting people. You know what I'm talking about? You have to be around somebody that will, when they see that you're having a bad day, that, you know, they show that they care or they show that empathy. A lot of times that's all that's needed to keep you up. You know, those these are some of the things that has to be done um, to, to deal with this epidemic. Um, I want to say one other thing. Another one is is people okay. need to under people need to understand this about suicide. You know, there's four different levels of this has more to do with suicide prevention too. There's okay. four different levels of suicide. You have a low level of suicide. You know, this is when people are having suicidal thoughts and they don't really have a plan, okay? You know, they, you know, they stated that, you know, I should kill myself, you know, but, you know, they're not going to do it, okay? You know, sometimes I want to call, you know, you still have to pay attention to it, but I want to, I call them attention getters, you know. You know, they want to, they're trying to get your attention. And then you have a moderate level of suicide, and these people are having suicidal thoughts, and they have a plan, all right. But it's not a lethal plan, and they haven't mentioned that they that they will commit suicide. Then you have the high level of suicide. These are the ones that they have a, um, a specific plan. It's lethal, but they haven't said that they'll do it. Okay. And then you have the severe. These are the ones that's they're having the thoughts, they have the plan, it's lethal, they're specific about it, and they stated that they're going to do it. Okay? You know, people have to understand these levels of of suicide and suicidal thoughts in dealing, in dealing with the people, and then this can kind of help you understand the seriousness of what you're dealing with. You understand what I'm talking about? Yes, those are excellent points because as far as prevention is concerned, I'm glad that you went there because I wanted to go there. And, you know, because there are attention seekers out there with any type mm-hmm. of mental illness, emotional distress or disorder. They're going to go out and talk about this. Um, then there's people that are, are, you know, they have a plan, but they're not really committed to it or the plan is not a lethal plan. And then you have people that are really stated their intent. They have a plan. They are focused on it. They're talking about it. They, they, so, so you're taking that, that ideation and turning it up a notch. And that's where that becomes, um, you know, that should be very uh, indicative of something for someone who's listening that that's, that's a major problem. Yeah, that's where you have to involved. 
And to any of your listeners, I want you to really remember this. If you know somebody that's contemplating suicide, don't never make them a promise that you're going to keep it a secret. Because see, they'll tell you, don't you know, don't tell no, don't tell nobody that I that 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 I told you I'll do this. You know, we're talking about a life here. Okay, do mm-hmm. not make it a do not make them a promise that you're not going to tell somebody. All right, you need to tell any and everybody that they know, and that you know. Okay, right, so that. It, this person can get help coming from all ways. Exactly. Always like you never know point. what's going to make it. Yeah, that's a great point because you don't know what is going to going to be the difference maker. So it could come from a variety of different levels or or from yeah, one see, specific angle. So that's where see, a lot of tell people, everyone. Yeah. Yes. See, a lot of people think that oh, if I you know if I go tell somebody, then they're going to do it. See, that's the wrong attitude to take. You know, you know, you know. Don't, don't, don't take that attitude that okay, I'm not that by you not saying nothing to other people because see, if this person does it, and then you say it's a child, and this person does it, and then you go tell that parent, you know, she, she, uh, he or she told me that they was gonna do it, but I promised her or I promised him I wouldn't say nothing. How you think them parents gonna feel? Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, and and how are you gonna walk around with that kind of angst for the rest of your life too? For the rest so, of your life. Yeah. There's these are heavy heavy stakes and heavy things. How how do you think we change the perception that the victim's family you just went there. I'm going to kind of dovetail on this. Like either their spouse, if they're married, or their parents, if they're it's a child or a teenager. How do we change the perspective and the perception that uh, the victim's family failed, quote unquote, them, and that is what people feel drove the person to to commit the act? How do we change that perception? Healing. That's it. Because you're going to have that. You know, you you know, is when you when you're that close, you're gonna feel like you know, could did I do something? You know, um, could I have done something different? You know, it takes, you know, it it takes support, healing, grief counseling. Um, there's different things you have to do yourself because, you know, that's that's life. You know, you're gonna. You're gonna you're gonna feel like you know it's a, it's almost like when it comes to some you know just somebody dying you know you just have to sometimes you you know if I had went over there yesterday you know tomorrow you know mm-hmm. I would have been there you know you know you know if I you know if if I had called or if I had he he said he wasn't feeling good if I had took him to the hospital you know all those thoughts are gonna come. All right, but it but it takes the it takes dealing with the with them with them emotional thoughts and dealing with the circumstance to heal this person because it's gonna be a healing process because the grief is gonna be overwhelming. But the key is to give them the necessary tools to heal and to go through the healing process. And one day they realized that, you know, that they did the best that they that they could. You know, it was unavoidable. Um, and, you know, you hate that it's happening. You're going you're gonna to miss them. You're going to still love them. You're going to remember them. And But it wasn't your fault. Right. From the outside perspective, I've had that, too. Like, outsiders were talking about it saying, oh, well, what, what, what were the parents doing that they didn't realize that? Like, Trying, right. you know, these problems. Or what was uh, the wife doing? They didn't realize that, you know, Gary was that unhappy. And the thing is, they're not in the situation, number one, not that I want to stay in a place of judgment, but they're not in, a, in the circumstances to know what's really going on. And number two, that kind of speaks to that lack of empathy that we've been talking about. There's a real insensitivity when it comes to dealing with people, instead of uh, being empathetic to one, the victim, 
and the family, it's more of, oh, I'm, I want to judge that person for, you know, X, Y, and Z reason uh, that they, you know, fell asleep at the wheel, so to speak, and, and someone in their family killed themselves. That, yeah. that I think, is very harsh in, in a society, and it's a, it's a really big problem. Is there any way we change that perception? Like, how do we get empathy into the mix here? Well, empathy has to be taught. You know, empathy has to be, a person has to be shown empathy. Normally, a person has to be shown empathy to learn empathy, okay? And in today's day and world, in this selfish society, you know, people are not showing other people empathy. So we have to get back to the grassroots of, 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 of caring, loving and caring your fellow man, you know, whether it's family, whether it's, you know, friends, you know, and once you get back to that, then the empathy that's needed for these devastating situations will be there. So you can't have empathy if you're cold-hearted. Exactly. So many, exactly. It's so many, right, it's so many, you know, cold-hearted people, the, the love and the warmth that's needed, that should be given to a child or should, you know, it's, it's not being given like it should anymore. So they're just um, numerous individuals from the young to the to the old that don't have that warmth, that empathy, that love, that care, that compassion, right? So then, when when there when something terrible happens, you know, is you get people that say something like, "Get over it." <laughs> it's simple as that. Exactly. <laughs> Right, you know, get over. Yeah, right. It's it's part of the societal, you know, discourse that that's the first thing we're going to say is, oh, just get over it, and move on. You know, the right. pull yourself up by the bootstrap type of mentality. Yeah, keep it. Yeah, I, I got to keep it moving. I got to keep it moving. You know, exactly. Going now. Right. Exactly. And you do. You, you do have to keep the. You do have to keep it moving, but you know, there. You do. But you're not. But that's even said in a in a cold hearted way. You know, tomorrow you know mm-hmm. you know, you can say that, hey, you know, I know you're gonna suffer, I know this is hard, but you know, you, you gotta keep living, you know, tomorrow other than you need to just get over that and keep moving. You know, tomorrow you know, it's just, it's just <laughs> the coldness of it. <laughs> and it's very cold, it does happen. I yeah, I've witnessed it happen to people and I'm like, yeah. Really? Yeah, exactly. Which I understand, you know, life moves on, but Right. What, as we, you mentioned earlier, and I'm glad that you did because you know my my Roman Catholic roots are are pretty evident on certain episodes of this show, and then not as evident on others. But I'm a spiritual person. Uh, I believe in the spiritual connection. I talk about that relative to coaching, making spiritual connections for clients. You mentioned that earlier. What is the role of spirituality here with the suicide epidemic? What can we do? to connect people spiritually, what can we do, Paul? How can we do this? I think it plays a big role here. I think we've lost God in this society. How do we do this? Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's like before. You have to be raised. All right? You know, you have to, you know, you got to start young. You know how, you know, in, in Proverbs, you know, you know, you got to, you can't wait for the tree. You got to bend the tree early. You know, you have to be Raised, and that was talking about discipline. But I'm talking about I'm using it in the scenario. But you have to start young. You have to, you know, t- you know, teach a child, and, and then you can have uh, uh, that he's our father. Okay, you know, about you know, father. You know, when you have a relationship with the Lord, you're never alone. You never feel like you're alone. You can be alone, but you know you're not alone. Okay, when you are taught that you can take anything to him and he will listen to you, then you never feel like that you don't have nobody to talk to. If you are taught from a young age that he will help you, then you're not going to feel helpless. Okay, you know, you know that he is going to help you. But if you don't have this like we said earlier, when you get older and you don't have it, you don't have that to fall back on, okay? Then exactly. this is what you have. But it has to start, 
you know, you know, you might you might be the product, you know, the prodigal son. You might, you know, you might dip away, and but you but that foundation is there, okay? You know, and then you're gonna come back to that foundation, all right? And then when in those, I remember my grandma used to always say, you know, learn scripture because one day you might not have a Bible, but you might be in a cell somewhere, all right? You know, because of your religious beliefs, but you can recite First John 4, 8. He that does not love has not come to know God because God is love. All right? But you can draw on that, and then you will find yourself being strengthened by it. All right? And that's what needs to happen. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because that, that is. And, and we need to get reconnected with that, with the spirituality aspect. I've talked about yes. it on, on other episodes of this show. Um, I think you're you're adrift in the sea. You have no meaning. Uh, yes. You know these other things are not going to fulfill you the way that the spiritual connection will. That to know that you're loved by God, you know the whole Abba Father Daddy. You know yes. if if you are come to believe it to know that love, there's no way you're going to do and carry out and act that horrific. Uh, no, it's you're, you're so not going to do it. It is. Yes, not. it is. And thank you yes. for sharing that. Um, how can what's the role of coaching here? Um, I always try and circle back to that because we're Life Coach Radio Network. I know mm-hmm. you and I both taken classes, therapy versus coaching. We we understand the difference between the two. I've talked about it a little bit on the show. That uh, you know, I'm not a therapist. I've I can refer people out uh, if right. I need to. Um, you know, I don't need to get involved in stuff and I shouldn't be, you know, in that situation. But what's the role of coaching, not only here with someone maybe contemplating suicide, but with the family of someone that has a victim or someone that has? So I feel like coaching, when I'm dealing with situations like this, coaching brings this. You can come to me and talk to me without worry of being judged. You can come to me, you can talk to me without worrying about me running and telling your business. You can come to me and you can talk to me without me trying to take over your life and tell you what to do. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you get the answer yourself. But the, but but with, with saying those three things, but the number one is you can come to me and talk to me about anything you want without fear of judgment. And Very that important. helps a person. Very important. Very important. And, and then, of course, you know, if there's, they're going to commit an act, whether it's a criminal act or some other act that goes without saying we have a code of ethics, we would have to report it. Right. right. Um, you know, that's a whole other thing. But as far as going through the grieving process, if they're a victim, family member of victim, we can help with that, and we can guide you through the steps to help you move forward and heal. That's what coaches do. I had a conversation with another coach this week, and she was saying to me, Frank, you know, this is what we do. We help people heal, and that's part of what we do, you know, and, and what you touched on before. You know, I was talking to somebody, and they said to me, hey, Frank, you know, you can seek forgiveness, which, you know, you, you go through confession, you do that at church. You can seek forgiveness from other people. You've got to forgive yourself. Right. That is like uh, the aha moment for me. You know, it starts with, you know, if you don't forgive yourself for the stuff that you've yes. done. You know, yes. and, and that's why I think other people are kind of, and I'm thinking, wow, I should have realized this. You know, yeah. how the heck do you think you're going to move forward? Uh, it's true. Right. You know, like it, you have to say to yourself, you know what? It's okay that I made these mistakes, as you said before. Yes, we're imperfect. Yes, and Let's you might on, have to, you know? and you might have to separate from the people that won't let, that won't forgive you after you've forgiven yourself. <laughs> you exactly. know, because they, they, That's a good point too. Yes, yes, yes. They could still be around, and, and right, they could still be around. Things. Yeah, we got to change the the environment. You know, change the environment. Yes, environment. Yeah, yeah. Person environment perspective. We got to change the environment. Yeah. Uh, How can we raise awareness of the warning signs around suicide? 
as we come close to the top of the hour here. Well, we have to, you know, we have to um, pay attention to have, you have to get to know someone, right? And that's you. You will never know warning signs unless you you know the person, okay? But once you once you get to know someone, all right, then you will be able to to realize when something's wrong, or you will have a close enough bond, a close enough connection that they will open you know open up to you. Um, one of the key things that has to be avenues for people that's hurting to be able to release that pain to someone, you know, they, where they don't have to carry that pain within themselves every single day. It has to be released out to someone. They have to have somebody that they are confident at, that they can talk to. Okay, that's that's number one. Too many people with with serious issues do not have anyone to talk about these issues. This is why you see so much with the abuse. You know, these um, like I'm, I live in Michigan. You know, the situation in Michigan State. You know, a lot of these, a lot of those girls, they didn't have nobody they they could they could talk to. All right, so they walked around right. like that. You know, right. Um, they you have they have to have a, a, a avenue and a trust, right? But the, but because of the disconnection within people now, you know, a lot of times they don't really even within your own house the, the disconnection with your parents, you don't have the trust to talk about those type of things to your closest people. So then this you walk around with it and it just eats at you and just eats at you and just eats at you. And then it goes from um, into your adolescent years, then it goes into your teen years, then it goes into your young adult years. And then, you know, you bury it, but then it still wants to come back and resurface. And then it can get to the point of just being overwhelming or other things can start happening that can affect your behavior. So then it starts to compound, all right? So then you just doing Bad decision after bad decision after bad decision after bad decision because you've never been healed. And then to to get to the point of just being overwhelming. Yes. That's that's very true. Um, How do we do that? The last segment of our show is common ground. What has to change in society? What, What can we do to find common ground to heal people and communities? From the attempt suicide, from this epidemic suicide. Stop! Stop being afraid to talk about it. Bring it out in the open. You know, like like we talked about it today. Have real conversations about it. Have real conversations about it in your home. Have real conversations about it in school. Have real conversations about it in church. Have real conversations about it. You know, bring it to the forefront. You know, have you know have them conversations and 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 tell your child. I don't never want you to get to that point. Right, you know, if you got anything that's bothering you, if you have anything that you need to talk about, if there's anything that has happened to you that you need to let me know, Phil, you you are you you have an open door. You can come and talk. It has to be put in the forefront. It can't be just pushed to the backside. It has to be um, a topic for the for the world to discuss, a topic for the world to solve. It does because it's a worldwide problem, and I agree with that. And it's it's complicated, and it has to start in the community. It has to start with us, and it has to start in homes and in families. Yes, you're right. It has to. We can't just put it under the rug. We can't sweep it under the rug. We can't pretend it's not there. It's not there, especially when when it didn't drop all the way. Where you know we always had 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 the problem with adults, but now it's the seat down. You know, to, you got babies doing it now. You know, I'm talking about you know, a fifth grader, young lady being bullied, committed suicide. You know, it. No, it's, you know, that has to be brought to the forefront. That that it can't be just washed over. Exactly. Exactly. We have to have real conversations. Real conversations. And, and have the space and and give each other the respect to do that. That's. 
that's got to be top of, of mind here as we move forward. Um, thank you, Paul, very much. I uh, wanted to ask you what you have going on, upcoming events, or, or maybe something you have going on with your uh, practice or your uh, well, nonprofit. Um, with, well, uh, um, I, our nonprofit is, is, is starting. I have a I have a speaking engagement um, June 19th. We're going to be speaking in St. Louis. It's at an educational conference, and I'm speaking about at-risk children. And, and suicide and bully, bullying is going to be a part of my of my presentation um, there. Um, it's it's wow. the direct directions conference, uh, Midwest Educational Conference, and I'm going to be presenting, like I say, June 19th. I have that coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my show. Um, we have many different great things coming coming out with um, Destination Achievers. You know, in helping people in Maryland, um, District of Columbia, and Michigan. And that's going to. We have a one of my uh, the president uh, the president of the group got one of the programs um, put into put into the school district in Maryland, Prince George County. You know, we're moving forward. You know, we're trying to help people in any way that we can. And this is going to be from from children all the way up to senior citizens. You know, people that's baby boomers getting laid off from their jobs, and and this is suicide too. You know, not you know not having you know, can't get a job, don't know what to do, got to make a decision between paying paying um, their rent or, or buying their medications. You know, we, we, we're trying to help any and everybody that we can. Yes, because the suicide rate over 60 is incredible, too, it's when increasing. you start looking at right. the demographics of it. Yes, and, and it's not just, from, not just from illness, either. You know what I'm talking about? It's from, it's from trouble surviving. Yep, lack of and and no hope. You know they don't see and, and no, and anything no changing that. Yeah, changing the the. They look at the variables. If you look at their life like an equation, they don't see any variable right. changing that equation. Nope, they they, they don't see anything. So that's coming up. So you have uh, the June nineteenth conference, and thank you very much for that great work you're doing. You know for. It's such noble work that you're undertaking for people and thank you. you know, for speaking on this. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for, for coming on uh, to the show tonight, it. for lending, absolutely, and for, for sharing your story and uh, for giving some testimony and talking about it's a really difficult subject, uh, but one that I yes. think is very important for us as a society yes, and, and what I'm looking to do here to, to, to heal and Yes, so thank indeed. you, thank you, Paul, very much. I, I appreciate. Uh, thank you, I thank you, Frank, for bringing me on. I appreciate it. Thank you so Have much. Have a wonderful for your time evening. Tonight. All right. You Take too. care. Bye bye. Thank you, Paul. Take care. And and before we close off the night, uh, I just want to say, it's time for us to live truly undivided. It's time for us to listen to each other to really be there for someone, to reach out a helping hand, to realize when they're hurting, to look beyond ourselves and our cell phones and our tablets, to do as, as Paul said, to, to bring it out in the open, to be there for people. We have a couple of upcoming shows uh, Again, Tammy Banfield, Kick Glass, Wednesday, April 11th, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Paul's new show, Push Through, Sunday, April 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And Marlon Jen, the Marlon Jen Show, Living Empowered and Enlightened Life. Marlon Jen will be at you with a brand new episode on Thursday, April 12th at 7 p.m. Central Time. And before I go uh, this evening, before I sign off, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. And as I mentioned before, uh, this show is dedicated to two great men, my grandfather and Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Grandpa, I love you. Dr. King, I still have that dream, and that's why I have this show, this show of Undivided. I still have that dream. Both of these men believed that life, every human life, is precious, and I share that sentiment. So if you or someone you know have any issues at all, please get help. 
Please, if this show gave you nothing else tonight, please get help. Please seek help. Please talk to someone. And please develop a relationship with God. 800-273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Thank you all very much for listening tonight. I want to thank you for to all my listeners. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. And until I see you guys again, my next show is Wednesday, April the 18th. It's episode number 20, where we will look at the first 20 episodes of the program. So until I see you guys again on Wednesday, April the 18th, for Russ Terry, Danica Treble, Trina Ramsey, and everyone at Life Coach Radio Network, until I see you again, be blessed and be well.